0: Haruki, Haruki Murakami is a freak and if you like his books you're a freak <laughs> you're a freak I'm sorry <laughs> y'all are weird as hell <laughs> Welcome to all my friends who are English majors. The podcast where I, a business major and um, an almost horticulture certificate holder, uh, make my friends who are English majors read books with me. This month, my guest is Lydia. Um, Hi, everybody. Oh, hello. And this week we're reading *The Power* by Naomi Alderman because it is woman-specific dystopia month, which is turning out to be very dark. Which I don't know why I'm surprised by. (laughs) Shocking that women are... (laughs) That things are bad currently and in an imagined future. That's kind of my beef with all these books. It was kind of my beef in Myth Month, too. I was like, damn, you're rewriting a new story. Like, let the women have something. Right, exactly. Don't worry, guys. Next month, women will have everything. What is next month again? Next month is uh we're having our first romance month. We're doing uh um, oh. hateful we're doing hateful coworker month. Oh excellent. The women will be treated poorly in the beginning of those books and then well by the end. Which is all you can really ask for. A man can't treat you well all the time. I know. I lo- personally when whenever I'm treated poorly, I'm like, I know me and this me and this dude are about to slam. you are about <laughs> to smash. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Um I want better for you. <laughs> Today, I'm recording in my room, and Busy is, my dog is laying on my bed next to me, so hopefully, she'll, hopefully she won't scream the entire book. You know, when I was editing, it really wasn't as bad as it felt like it was while we were recording. That is good. That's yeah. good. Let's see, what did we get to do? Lydia came to Kansas City this weekend. I got to see her in fer- person for the first time in... Eight months? I think so, yeah. It was so fun. We get to spend all weekend with the homies. Um, I also got to see the the animals, the homies animals. Um, I got to see Barney and um Goose and Little Miso, all of my friends' pets. Thank god. Love, love. Barney bit me. You know twice. That's how he shows affection. Oh, that's terrible. That's how <laughs> I show affection too though, so I can't really talk shit. Yeah, he, he like, sometimes he's like, I'm hanging out, I'm having a good time, and sometimes he'll just, like, walk up behind you and he'll be like, oh, your calf is looking particularly scrumptious today, and he'll just give you a little nibble. He wants, he wants a snack, and he deserves a snack. Okay. Um, guys, we have a lot to say about this book. I think we're just going to dig right on into it. Yeah, I was about to be like, we have to start writing, talking about this book. Because we are going to talk about it for an hour. There's unfortunately a lot to say. Um, initial thoughts? Do we just want to get into reading the back of the book or do you have, uh, an overarching statement besides this book is not very much fun to read and kind of poorly done? Um, uh, I just want to say that before we get into it, that this, this is going to be clear from uh, the entire episode, but I'm not going to mince my words. I did not like this book. I did not think it was good. I did not think that it was particularly interesting. I did not like any of the characters in the book. And I do not think that I like the author of this book. So I'm going to be out here and I'm going to be my worst self today. That's okay. That's what we want. Yeah, I have never written a book, so I cannot assume that I would do it better. But I know when to not do things. And I wish that Naomi Alderman had chosen to not do this personally. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, something you need to understand also is that Naomi Alderman is a white woman. Um, two of the main characters in this book are not white. And, you know, she doesn't do anything that you're like, oh, this is a white person describing a black person, which is good because, like, some authors are really like, we gotta, we gotta really make it clear that we are talking about a person of color. Whereas, like, they do. Allie is black. Oh, awesome. Allie's she's mixed. mixed yeah well she calls she's like a mixed race girl she, that's what Naomi Alderman calls her throughout the book yeah a mixed race girl which I think is fucking weird oh and Tunde Tunde guess, yeah is the, African the best the best character in this book um something else you need to understand that is that even in a women specific dystopia the only likable character in this book is a man <laughs> which like girl oh my god what are we doing? Oh my God! Oh, Isn't that Jesus true, Christ? Um, I think Jocelyn's fine. Yeah, yeah. Jocelyn is nothing. That's the problem. She doesn't have a personality. I, I liked, I liked the nun that was really nice to everybody in the beginning. Oh, Sister Maria Ignacia. Yeah, I liked her. She was cool, but. Before we get into who we liked and who we didn't like, we should probably read the back of the book and then talk about the summary of it. Okay. In this stunning bestseller, praised as our era's handmaid's tale, a fierce new power has emerged and only women have it. In the power, the world is a recognizable place. There's a rich Nigerian boy who lounges around the family pool, a foster kid whose religious parents hide their true nature. An ambitious American politician, a tough London girl from a tricky family. Tricky family? Okay, okay, sorry. But then a vital new force takes root and flourishes, causing their lives to converge with devastating effect. Teenage girls now have immense physical power. They can cause agonizing pain and even death. And with this small twist of nature, the world drastically resets. From award winning author Naomi Alderman, the power is speculative fiction at its most ambitious and provocative, at once taking us on a thrilling journey to an alternate reality and exposing our own world in bold and surprising ways. Um, there's nothing bold and surprising about what she's uncovering about our world. What is bold and surprising about it? there there's nothing bold and surprising about it yeah it's all very straight the only thing that's bold and surprising about it is that she's imagining bad things happening to men that's shocking bad things do happen to men that's like the whole thing like like when me Too transitioned from being an entirely female movement to just being a like like to being an intersectional movement which i don't know if it did a very good job of that but like um, like, it is important to discuss the fact that, like, men are sexually assaulted, and that's bad, and that they can be in abusive relationships, and that's bad. But Naomi Alderman in this book kind of pretends that, like, no man has ever experienced, like, any sort of sexual trauma, like, we see in this book. Right. And, or that, like, the patriarchy doesn't also have, like, ne- negative effects on men as well. Like, I, mm, um, Yes. yeah it's yeah go on I, yeah so the there it's not there's the only thing that's bold here is that we're imagining that men are as like viscerally and widespreadly abused as women are in our current world, um but not in a very particularly like nuanced way um yeah so that's bold, I guess she seems to only see things in a binary. Like, like, I spend a lot of time joking about, but also meaning seriously that two things can be true at once. Mm -hmm. Like, something can be funny and upsetting at once. Like, two things in the world are not, not always a binary. And Naomi Alderman in this book is, like, there is a gender binary. There is a binary between good and bad. There is a binary between patriarchy and matriarchy. There is a binary between, like, fascism and not fascism like girl have some nuance yeah and there's she's also a very binary thinker in that there's literally no trans characters in this book yeah she's really like only girls get the power and like that's it Mm -hmm. yeah okay so yeah we I feel like we keep getting ahead of ourselves so I'm (laughs) so we've we just talked about the the back of the book. I'm going to give my very short min- summary of this book. Oh, yes. Lydia's going to get it done in under two minutes, guys. Here we go. Yeah. I'm starting I... the timer. Oh, that's, this is excellent. Okay, so the gist of the book is it's following a bunch of different characters throughout this um, revolution that's basically happening across the world. Um, suddenly, women can control electricity and use it as a weapon the back of the book doesn't really specify that they're just like women can cause extreme pain um but i don't know why they're so vague about it the gist of it is that they can just like electrocute people with their hands or their minds or whatever um and basically because of that new like physical power that women have um, things start changing culturally socially and politically throughout the world um, throughout the book, we're following a couple of different characters. Um, I would say maybe the main, the most, the biggest character is Allie slash Eve. Um, she's a girl from the southern United States who um was in a foster home, and then she like comes to be like a religious figure. Um, then we have Roxy, who is mentioned as being from a quote unquote tricky family. She is a part of like a crime family, like a organized crime family. Um then we've got Margot, she's a politician. She starts off as the mayor of a city and then she kind of gains power. Um you have her daughter, Jocelyn, um, and then you have a reporter front named Sunday That's it. And this just like what that hap- what happens to these people as um these, this world is shaped she- shifting from a patriarchy to a matriarchy. How'd I I do? You did it. We met all our characters. I think we should maybe. Oh, I didn't actually start a timer. (laughs) Oh my God. I think you did though. I think you did. The other thing that I would say is you have to understand the format of the book a little bit to understand why we're seeing so many different point of views. Um, so weird. There's like a really weird framing device on the book. Where it's, like, these two authors writing back and forth about each other. And we come to understand that they are writing from the future. Because they're like, oh, it's so interesting that you're writing as if men could have been soldiers. That's so fascinating. Like, like it's very strange and very heavy-handed. And then we go into the book that supposedly one of these authors has written. And, Mm -hmm. like... The, like, chunks of the book, the sections are, like, ten years before. And then we get all the different points of view. And then we get eight years before. And then we get all the different points of view again. So, like, they're leading us up to this event that eventually leads us to, like, spoiler alert, the end of the book ends with a massive nuclear event. And then, like, we're to understand that this book was written 5,000 years in the future but mm. all the women in the future still have the power and are powerful. And it is a matriarchal society that like intent, like intentionally reflects the exact society that we are living in now, except women get to do all the bad things. Right. Women, women are, women are bad now. Men are nurturing and good and are oppressed. Um <laughs> um (laughs) yeah so we're yeah we're to understand that this is like a historian's like fictionalization of the narrative of how this world came to be um and trying to imagine like what it could have possibly looked like to live in a patriarchal um society um so it's it's kind of it's interesting it's kind of framed in a similar way as the handmaid's tale because in the handmaid's tale at the end there's this section where you realize that the the book itself is a collection of recordings that uh the main character had made, and they're kind of trying to like piece together recordings to make the recordings to make like a coherent story of this one person, yeah, um, so it's kind of shaped in a similar way to the Handmaid's Tale, which I think is like could be done interestingly but isn't particularly interestingly done here. Um, one thing that I want to start off by saying about this book is that the scope, I think, of this book is way too large. Um, we're covering a really, really long period of time with a lot of, like, global events, and we're covering a lot of characters, and we don't really get to know any of those characters that meaningfully. Um, they're all, they all seem pretty like black and white like they're they're not very complex like they're 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 fleshed out characters like all of the characters have like motives and they have like reasons for why they're doing the things that they're doing but like there's never at really a moment for most of these characters where they like reflect on themselves or like have any type of internal conflict they're just like all of the characters are just like very power hungry and like it it just kind of reads like a caricature of like what <laughs> what like a power hungry like abusive person would look like over time. And even with that, like all of them are so power hungry, and every single one of them, like through that power hungriness, makes choices that are to the detriment of themselves. Um, right, because they'll be power hungry, and then they'll like show weakness in a human way and then immediately get punished for it. So like right. like Roxy choosing not to kick her father out of the business when she takes over for him and like choosing not to cut out this family that had frankly like been very bad to her and very cruel to her like eventually leads to the events that take place towards the end of the book. And even then, even after they do This, like, horrible thing to her that we're going to talk about later. Like, she, like, ends the book, ends the nuclear event, like, sitting with her dad, who has, like, committed a grievous assault against her. Like, like, that happens to every single one of them. They'll, like, power hungry, power hungry, power hungry, hungry, and then they'll, like, have a human moment. And I just don't understand why Naomi wants to punish them for being human. Yeah. Like, I, like, that is kind of the thing that makes dystopian fiction bearable. It is the humanity in it. And instead, we got caricatures of humanity that, like, don't have any sort of, like, redeeming qualities. Yes. There's very little, like, moments of gentleness or moments of, like, tenderness in this book. There's a couple, but it all is kind of, like, like it's it, it's all framed in in this idea that like being power hungry and being human and tender like can't coexist in the same person which is ridiculous and the the whole I mean the entire book itself is just like incredibly violent there's lots of like content warning um we should have put a content warning we, we should um edit that in but like Like, there's so many descriptions, like graphic, graphic descriptions of sexual assault in this novel that happen, like, over and over and over again. And truly, like, truly, truly upsetting. Like, she's almost clinical about the way she describes it. Like, the scene at the beginning. I guess we could just talk about the, the, like, her obsession with shock value and also, like, her perversion of sex. Like,. All of the sex in this book is, like, deeply fucked up and looked through, like, a lens of someone who, like, finds sex to be, like, something to, I don't know, like, ogle at instead Mm -hmm. of as, like, something that, like, is a great form of intimacy and, like, it's substantially, like, intimacy with a partner is, like, substantially a force for good in relationships. So, for her to, like, pervert this thing that is, like, in all actuality good, just for it to be, like, horrific 95% of the time it's mentioned in this book is really confusing to me. Well, she, like, she does have a point in that, like, sex frequently is about power. Yeah. Like, there's this quote, I don't even know if I can... There's this quote that I heard when I was watching The White Lotus, which is like, power, like, sex is about power and power is actually about sex or something like that. Like, like, sex is a very, very intricately related to power, but it's not like the unifying. I don't know. It, the way she has a point that, like, Sex can be problematic, and that like gender roles and power dynamics like make sex problematic and can pervert it, but there the the extent that she goes to demonstrate that is to me excessive and exploitative like I don't think that there's much point of writing such incredibly detailed and graphic scenes of sexual assault, and I think the only reason that like she hasn't gotten a lot of criticism for that is because she's a woman and because she's a woman writing a sexual assault scene about a woman assaulting a man as opposed to vice versa whereas like I think there's a significant discourse these days in film and in books that like graphically depicting sexual assault is just like like bad it's exploitative it's unnecessary it's like grotesque it's like obscene, it's just like it's something that shouldn't be explored in such detail, and she could have um made a comment about how sex is about power and power can like pervert sex, like she could have made that commentary, but without such like cruelty and without such um just like disgust- like without being so honestly like triggering <laughs> she was she was like. Guys, the the first chapter in this book from Allie's point of view involves her stepfather raping her as punishment, and it would have been so easy for Naomi Alderman to write the scene where Allie kills him before like like before he is actually inside of her. But instead, Naomi writes this scene and you're reading it and you're kind of like no fucking way. No way she wrote it this way. Maybe I'm misunderstanding what's happening. And it's just, like, entirely unnecessary. And there's, like, ten other scenes in this book where, like, rape is just, like, graphically described that are, like, fully like that. Where you're, like, oh, we're doing it again. We're doing this again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, this is not a book you should read if you have been sexually assaulted. No. like point there people cannot give you enough content warning you like it's just like suddenly happening there's no sneaking up to it there's no like oh I can tell that like this is starting to happen and something bad is not gonna happen there's no like kindling of like oh fuck I should probably skip a couple of pages because it's just like yeah and yeah it's terrible yeah it, it was not fun it was not fun to read. Um, I skipped over a lot of parts of this book because I was like, I'm not doing this. No, it's it's unnecessary. So the book is too graphic. The book covers the this the scope of the book is too large. Um, the other thing to discuss about this book is that um, it's obvious like every every single um like idea theme in this book is like so has has been written about so many times before in such a better way and in such a more like nuanced and interesting way like the gist of this book is that like when you give power to a group of people that doesn't has previously not have power like that power can corrupt them and they can end up being just as just as bad as the ones who had power before, um which like yeah. duh um we we've been new, um power is corrupting, um fascism is bad, sexual assault is bad, uh gender discrimination is bad, um like the, none of these ideas are like particularly interesting or like fleshed out in like a new way. The only thing that's new about this book is that like. Naomi Alderman is imagining all of these terrible things but they're happening to men instead of women but and I talked like Tuck and I were um texting about this last night there's no there's legitimately no um particular insight that we can get from imagining gender violence as happening to men here because like it's the same gender violence it's just reversed like what I said to Tuck is like imagine if like you're a white author and in order to like explore racism in a new way you have to imagine a dystopian world where like white people are oppressed and like like black people are all racist against white people and like white people were enslaved and like that would be (laughs) the stupidest book ever and that person would get absolutely grilled for writing that book because like you like you don't need have, we don't need to have a thought experiment about it. like it, there's no new new insights obtained here from imagining these things happening to men except maybe the fact that like power is socially constructed and like power could have easily like like any group can have power. it just like depends on how that power is constructed and how that power is sequestered. But I don't know, I don't think that's particularly that much of an interesting idea either, you know? Like, it, there's just, like, there's nothing. there's. I felt like this book was so brutal and disgusting, and I just, like, didn't learn anything from it either. Like, it was just brutal and disgusting, and saying, like, did you know that sexism is bad? Did you know that? Well, that's the thing about it being called, like, speculative, speculative fiction. Like, Atwood calling Handmaid's jail speculative fiction makes sense. This being called speculative fiction, I think, is a little more frustrating because, like, frankly, there is no, there is no chemical in the water that's going to make women develop powers like electrical, like electric eels. Right. Like, that's not going to happen. So, like, for all these things, these very obvious things to then happen, it's kind of like, oh you're right we're not learning anything from it i also think that all of the things she's trying to talk about like what you were talking about with like everything that she's writing about has been written before and like been written better like just fucking write science fiction if you want to right like write real science fiction like don't don't entrench it in a world that already exists that people have these preconceived notions about like oh my god, I would have rather read a dystopic female fiction book about space right? and space misogyny much more than this, where I'm like, yes, in this recognizable world, obviously this is happening. Like, just, you're not doing what you think you're doing. It also would have been really interesting, like, if instead of just, like, taking patriarchal societies and aspects of patriarchal culture and just like flipping it she had like looked at matriarchal societies that like exist in the world currently and have existed previously and looked at like what what are what are the um what are the characteristics of a matriarchal society how are those different from patriarchal societies and then taken that like genuine like anthropological observation and then used that to create this dystopian world um that would have been way more interesting i think we would have like actually learned something from it and it would have been like based in like genuine like anthropological like evidence in comparison to just mirroring, right it. because we have no reason to like obviously there are some di- like i don't know i'm not gonna say that but i was gonna say that there are like differences between men and women but i don't even know if i really even believe that but we have no reason to believe that women would oppress men in the same way that men oppress women like like it's it's just like honestly seems like very boring writing on the part of naomi alderman to be like yeah if women were in charge they would do the exact same things that men would do the exact same things Well, it's also a nature versus nurture thing because, like, women, all of these women who are revolting against the men were raised in patriarchal societies and, like, went through the trauma of, like, experiencing that and some of them, I'm sure, experiencing sexual assault and rape and, like, all of these things that are happening. But, like, for Naomi Alderman to believe so completely and write it as though, Like, every woman who had experienced something bad at the hands of a man would have no grace in her heart for, like, forgiveness and wanting a better world. Like, there's nowhere in this book where I feel like any of the women's movements are moving towards a better world, are, like, trying to do something different. They say they're trying to do something different, but, like, it's entirely militaristic and just the exact same and it's frustrating that like like the only time i think i see a better world is like that little moment at the convent where they've taken over the convent and they're just like gals who live together they're just girls being in a communal yeah yeah like stop there i think it would be possible (laughs) for like for someone to write a book about like women abusing their power but i don't think that that abusive power would look the same way that a man's abusive power would it, it, it just seems yeah. like really really like boring like what would like seriously what would it genuinely look like if like if like all of the presidents all of the every single senator every single congressman like what if they were all women like what would that look like what would that really look like you know like, and because I don't think it would look the exact same way that it looks like now with, like, the majority of our political leaders and, like, quote, like the majority of our cultural hegemony being owned by men. I don't think that it would look the same, but I do think that it could be bad, but I think that it would be bad in, like, a different way. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I also think it goes back to what society we're raised in. Like, I don't know, maybe we... Should we talk about the the way that gossip is used in this book in comparison to how it was used in The Handmaid's Tale? Yeah. Like, like, I don't know. I was thinking a lot about it while I was reading because, like, women immediately... Like, they take on all of the bad things that men do, but they also keep the bad things that women do, which are like be cruel to one another over like imagined slights like okay so jocelyn is Margot the politician's Mm -hmm. daughter right and something with the way that her power works is fucked up right um it like doesn't work very well and it causes the other girls to be like really cruel to her Mm -hmm. yeah as if they also did not just develop like electromagnetic powers right like their ability to immediately jump on and be cruel cool to like Jocelyn is really confusing to me. It just like it felt like she was like but of course they would still be mean to other women. They would be horrible to men, but like don't worry, women will still be mean <sighs> to each other. Like women do women do be do be mean to each other though. That's true, but it just felt like I don't know. That specifically, like, when you all get the same thing at the same time, like, and none of you, like, it's not like the girls who were stronger were, like, richer than Jocelyn or prettier than Jocelyn. It's just, like, it It created, like, a new social schema that, like, led to cruelty in a way that, like, surprised me, and it was just like, okay, well, don't worry stuff is still going to be bad for women even if they're powerful i kind of disagree because i feel like the the power becomes just like another another like mechanism with which you can measure femininity and women obviously are punished and punish each other when they are not sufficiently feminine um so it, it kind of becomes a thing where it's like you're not like when you're when your peers are like you're not pretty enough you're not smart enough you're not sweet enough like it, the, the power becomes just like another one of those like mechanisms with which like you measure your value in comparison to somebody else like Jocelyn is like his, her power is like not as reliable as other people's and therefore she's less feminine kind of like how like men these days like <laughs> men men these days like a man's like bro you skip leg like, day like why are you so skinny bro like kind of like that but they're just comparing it's like physical physical strength and physical force has in this world suddenly become a part of like what makes some somebody feminine which is like a new idea i don't know i think especially teenage girls i think teenage girls would stay being mean to each other but i work in a high school and i'm i'm very cynical I, (laughs) i also think that like I guess it does make sense for the gossip to exist. It was just frustrating I think to me to like I wish that the power had like also made women like less mean to each other. Like they didn't have to be mean to each other anymore because they were more powerful than men. Right. So like oh like the like the the we are our own voyeurs like Margaret Atwood quote. Right. Like talking about the male gaze and things like that. It sucks that like They became more powerful than men, but they still were stuck within the framework. Maybe, maybe it's the fucking patriarchal framework that just got flipped to be feminine thing happening again. Which is that, like, they'll maintain all the bad parts of the patriarchy that aren't just about power and politics, but also about, like, how women communicate with each other. Mm. And, like, women communicate with each other the way they do, because, like we have to be better than each other to be able to like not be hated by our male counterparts. Well that's and that's like I think maybe one of the things that she does well is is it's clear that like it's not just the patriarchy that's the problem here. It's just like gender and associating any type of power with gender, like or like any type of like imagined social class or imagined social characterization and having that social characterization being associated with like some type of like social power and social position is like always going to be bad for people um which yeah. maybe is what she like if that's what she's trying to say is that like power is bad but or like gender is bad and like associating any type of power with any type of gender is bad no matter what like i guess that's fierce go off but I really wish that she had done that in a different way. <laughs> yeah. Because I would agree with that. Like, I think that the gender binary is bad. And I don't think that there should be um, any, like, type of, like, social cloud associated with what genitals you have. But it really, it yeah. really do be like that. In this world, the, the world that we physically live in, and in this world, the non-physical world of this book. <sighs> I'm tired. This book made me so tired yeah it just was like not creative and also guys it won awards and that's bonkers like that is bonkers like I don't know I desperately want to do some research about who is on these committees and like how awards are getting books are getting submitted for awards because like I'm wondering if that has a lot to do with who you're published by or things like that because like it's feeling very 70 out of the 90 people who vote on the Golden Globes got invited to Netflix's Emily in Paris set in Paris. Oh. Like, like, it's feeling very that yeah. way. But also, like, I do think that intellectuals... Oh my god, wait, I'm getting a telemarket call and I'm scared it's going to make my voice memo turn off. Okay, don't worry, we're okay. Um, Like... It kind of feels sometimes, I don't know, like how, do not take this the wrong way, but how can you as a student with a bachelor degree in literature from Truman State University be thinking harder about this book than people who are nominating it for prestigious prizes? Like Because I work harder like, than everybody you... else, girl. <laughs> <laughs> But I think also part of that is the younger generation of readers and, like, recent college grads are thinking about, like, intersectionalism. And, like, like whether or not, like, binaries are good or bad in, like, a lot more concrete terms now than they were even, like, ten years ago. And I think that even 10 years ago, like, the people voting on these prizes were, like, probably, like, older, older women who see feminism in a lot more concrete ways. And maybe because we didn't live through the 60s and 70s and 80s, maybe we weren't because we weren't involved with trying to get the Equal Rights Amendment passed and, like, being told to stay in the home and things like that. Like, we don't understand, like, why a book like this would be so powerful to readers like that. Mm Like, maybe that is part of it. But, like, I do kind of think that the way that we think about feminism and patriarchy and, like, the way that two things can be true at once, like, is better than, like, the older thinking of, like, men bad, women good, fascism bad. Well, fascism bad. Fascism bad, for sure. (laughs) Fascism bad, for sure. But, like, like i don't know the black and white way that she writes might have really appealed to an older generation of people voting on this prize. right right i and i don't know it, it is i guess like very i'm i'm sure that it feels very radical for this like for there to be feminist literature but men are treated poorly in the feminist literature like i don't know like maybe i guess the homies felt included for once <laughs> the boys felt included the well, b o y z and maybe maybe the boys also felt included because like i think that a lot of people who are scared of radical feminism are scared of radical feminism not because of what it means for women but what it means for men mm-hmm. and like maybe people were like naomi's showing what this will do for men like right right which uh is that what you just said Mm, um no (laughs) thank you thank you you got it okay um do we i feel like we haven't talked about absolute power do we want to talk about absolute power i think oh um yeah so one of one of um naomi alderman's great new ideas is the idea that absolute power corrupts She just invented it. It wasn't a line in Hamilton. no, no <laughs> um, and before that, it was not written by a founding father. Oh, it never would have been. All right, was that was that John Locke. Any um one question that I had is um, do we think that we're supposed to understand that absolute power is just like the ability to like hold the power? And also a mass power under, like, being being one with the electromagnetic field? Or do we think that, like, every woman who has the ability to use the power has absolute power in her life now? Yeah, that that is an interesting question. And I think that's one of those questions that, like, didn't really get answered in this book. Like, that would have been a really great thing to explore here, but it did not get explored. Because... Like, we know, or I know, anyway, I don't know if Naomi Alderman knows this, but I know, we know, as two girls with bachelor's degrees who are critical of the world around them, that there's lots of different types of power. Like, clearly, there's a s- sort of, like, physical physical power where you are stronger than someone else, and that makes you, you know, physically more powerful than them. But there's also, like, cultural power. There's institutional power. There's social power. There's all all different types of power. And in this book, we're kind of seeing absolute power for the for these women catalyzed by this like newfound, like physical power, which uh, makes it, it really makes you think um, because like <laughs> is like, like power just like is, is the power that men have amassed like culturally, politically, socially, is all of that just because like men are like a little bit stronger and like a little bit faster than women? Is that it? Is that how it all started? You know? Um and I don't really think that's true. Um and we don't you're right, we don't see like what that looks like for like 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 a little like a 10-year-old girl who's like going to school and the boys who are bullying her now she can like bully them back. Yeah. But also I don't know because like I've seen a lot of girls at school beat up boys. Like, I'm not like, even like, like, as a, like as the, a teacher. The amount, of, the amount of strength between two 10-year-olds in terms of, like, boys versus girls is not it's very not different. It's not very different. But the amount of strength between boys versus girls and, like boys who are told they are one way and girls who are told they are another like is pretty remarkable that's true yeah and if you grow up in like a culture that's like men are like always stronger than women and always have like the power to like physically like overcome um like or like overpower for lack of a less repetitious word um a woman like that you know is it is it the fact that that's like genuinely true or is that just some? is it that that is like something that we believe to be true about men and women and in the case of yeah. this like power in this book that women have like have amassed is it truly the fact that women are more physically powerful than men that allows all of this to happen or is it just that like we get this new power and then all of a sudden there's like there's a shift in the cultural story that we have about w- men and women's roles. What yeah. I also yeah. think something that this book gets a little bit wrong about power is how easy it would be to overthrow a like heavily militaristic regime. Yes, <laughs> like, like they're like there were hundreds of women's in, women in the street and they all had electronic powers. Like they girl, took down Saudi Arabia over and over again. That. They like say over and over again that bullets still work. Okay, if you shoot enough women and they cannot produce electricity They like they dead. Like I just like Saudi Arabia is not getting overthrown in like three days just because women have the ability to like electrocute people now, partially because like the idea that like women are going to overcome decades of societal conditioning just because they like realize they can like shock their husbands to death if their shock husbands are cruel to them like like when you take a fundamentalist christian if you woke up the power in a fundamentalist christian she would not turn on her husband no no like because she is supposed to be like like, dutiful to exactly. him. And, like, he is supposed to be the decision-maker in the family. And that is, like, true of a lot of religions. That is, like, part of the how the patriarchy has survived for so long. is because when women start to push back against men, like, a lot of times they're basically just like, uh, 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 didn't you read the Bible? <sighs> didn't you read this other religious text that says I'm in charge and you're exactly. not? Like... Like all of that societal conditioning isn't like just gonna go away because like I can like give you a little shock, now. right? Like Ugh. it, Ugh. yeah. It um the patriarchy is more of like a, a a yeah it's less social conditioning, much more than a physical reality. I mean, it is a physical reality, but yeah, we're living. It in imagines it. like this book imagines that all it would take is. A shift in like physical power rather than like the widespread immensely complicated like psychological cultural political social power that is all wrapped up in the patriarchy yeah um dan this is not a very funny podcast this today. is not a very funny i thought we were really gonna cyber bully naomi alderman in like a really funny way but i'm just like i'm cranky <laughs> we're both disappointed <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm also cranky because um, I, uh, little note to self about the podcast, I read this book in early January, because I was like, well, I have to read it for the podcast, and it's in in the library, so I'll, like, just get it done, and I'll remember it. Girl, my brain is Swiss cheese. Swiss cheese, baby. It's a C. It is. There is nothing in there, so I read this book, if you had asked me the name, the, the, the name of any of the main characters of this book two days ago before I started rereading it. Nothing. I could've I would have lost the the noggin. Like (laughs) there's nothing in the noggin. So like at least I I'm cranky because I've read this twice when I could be reading my favorite author of like YA fiction put out a fifth book in my favorite series. She wrote a fifth Graceling book and I haven't had time to read it yet because I'm too busy with school and reading the fucking power. So yeah, I'm cranky, but at least you guys know it's forgettable. Yeah, (laughs) I'm a prime example of that. I am also cranky because I have been trying to finish this book and I'm the other book that I'm reading right now is Kafka on the Shore by Haruki Murakami and I also don't like that book. Sad. Oh well, you don't have to finish books you don't like, except for the podcast. But you have to finish them because we have to talk I about know. them. Well, the thing is, I have like a hundred pages left, and I'm like, I need to finish it. But Haruki Haruki oh, no, no, no. Murakami is a freak, and if you like his books, you're a freak. <laughs> you're a freak. <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe that'll be our soundbite. <laughs> Y'all are weird as hell. Okay, <laughs> let's, go well, let's go to Goodreads. Let's go to Goodreads. Let's. We have more roasting to do. Yeah. Okay, here we go. So, first of all, I'm going to start doing that. the average on Goodreads. This book has a 3.78. What What was that in comparison to... Um, handmade. handmade has a 4.2. Okay, okay. Hmm. So, here we go. To me, this book undermines women because it seems to say, if we had the power, we'd rape men, kill them, physically pull them to pieces... Because we can't ask human act humanely. To me, it says that even if women were physically strong, were mentally and emotionally too weak to do the right thing. Sure, this is fiction, but it's so gratuitously violent. Wait until the scene where women murder two tiny children hiding in a metal drum. That's my favorite part. That it is insulting. That, what? Said, That's my favorite part. Uh, Lydia, I'm obviously. That kidding. it is insulting and <laughs> repulsive. <laughs> The best books manage to show the many faces of humanity. Women are seen as mothers, nurturers, creators, more emotionally expressive, as well as smart, funny, moody, and so on. But in the power, they act like beasts. Even Margot, mother of Jocelyn, is totally selfish. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Of the main characters, there's a single woman who has actually given birth out of four women. And the rest are young. Which I think is a really interesting choice. I don't know. I don't know why it's interesting. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It, it, I don't know if the book so much undermines women as it is just, like, so single-mindedly, like, unoriginal in the way it thinks the world would change. Yeah. I think it more so than undermining because I think women, it's true that women are capable of abusing power, and I don't think that, like, we should, like, pretend that they're not. But I do think it undermines the simple, like, I think it undermines women in that it completely undermines the complexity of the patriarchy and what, like, the gender binary looks like and how complicated it is and how entrenched it is in our society. Yeah. Like, women aren't under the patriarchy because they don't have any choice. Or because we're too weak to do anything else, you know? Yeah. Women are under the patriarchy because of, like, societal conditioning and also, like, like, it's like when people are, like, oh, you're a communist? Why are you buying things at Target? Well, girl, I live here. (laughs) Like. That should be the first. Girl, I live here. uh, I have to live here. Like. Like you have to exist in the world that you live in even as you are striving for change to make it better. Exactly. So yeah. like to be like women if we're if given the chance would completely break hundreds of years of societal conditioning in like less than 10 years. No, they wouldn't. Yeah. They just And like they would not we would not immediately like lose i mean i hate when people are like let's act civilized cuz that's like a republican dog whistle to like be like well you're you're making me feel bad for being a racist so let's be civilized let's be more polite but because like, i feel bad yeah but like that we would lose like all societal conditioning to like not be fucking crazy within 10 years is brave 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 okay What could be seriously—oh, I'm starting over. Oh my god. Okay, second Goodreads quote. What could be searingly serious is played for thrills and spills, but you get the strong idea that these are supposed to be philosophically underpinned thrills and spills. If so empowered, would women be as fascistically inclined to dish out pain and subservience to men as heretofore men have been to women? Discuss. Jesus. There are so, so, so many rather more ordinary scenarios I wanted to see explored under the new regime. What would happen to women in prison? How would society cope with all the accidental slash intentional killings of rapists and pedophiles occurring in the first period of time before men realized they couldn't do that stuff anymore? What about the revolution in male consciousness required? But instead, Naomi Alderman fritters her novel away in pointless hurly-burly with comic book villains, male and female, and a cop-out ending. Damn, you're I, right. Hurly-burly yeah, like is the review. right word. Hurly-burly. This is this is the right review. This is correct. They get an A-plus from me. There's 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 lots of really interesting things that could have been explored here. It would have been really interesting to explore like a really, really slow shift in like the cultural consciousness as sparked by this new power, rather than just being like, women are killing men now. Like, it would have been so much like if she had just like narrowed her scope and like focused on more like more realistic issues rather than like like a super a supervillain, like Mother Eve the supervillain. It would have been a really interesting book. I would have really enjoyed to read that book. But that's not the book she wrote. I hate to say it, but I think we should have focused more on Margot. And I think she should have stayed mayor of her town. Because everything she's going to have to touch and handle as mayor of her town, what are we going to do about schools with both, gen- both genders in them? What are we going to do about the fact that, like, like there is, like, The current prison system will not work because it has metal everywhere and like women can just electrocute the whole prison. What are we going to do about the fact that like there are bad women? Right. Just like there are bad men. Like, are our court, what she said about accidental intentional killings of rapists and pedophiles, like our court system, deeply not designed for the current amount of cases it has. Imagine that doubled because instead of the men going to court, like, they would just be dead. Beyond that, we have multiple court cases in recent history where women have defended themselves against men sexually assaulting them, and they are then put in prison for killing or maiming a man. So, like, that is all interesting and seen through, like, the scope of a single municipality. Would have been so interesting such a good book yeah do you think it felt too handmaid's tale to put it in a single municipality we could have still had a bunch of different points of view yeah i think you could have had like the perspective maybe like the perspective of the teacher the perspective of like somebody who works in a prison the perspective of somebody who works in a hospital like it could have been done also there's nothing wrong with writing a book like the handmaid's tale because the handmaid's tale is good and there's no such thing as an original idea anymore, so authors need to stop, like, jumping through hoops trying to do something special stop, out of, like, stop a new idea. Quirky. Yeah. Stop trying to be, like to be quirky. Yeah. You don't have to be quirky. You don't have to be quirky. It's okay to be like other girls, especially if the girl that you're trying to be like is Margaret Atwood. Pre-Testaments. Yeah, but I was about to say, unless you're Margaret Atwood writing the Testaments, and then you can get fucked. Nineteen nineteen seventies Margaret Atwood. Slay. Ooh. Slay. Right like her, mommy. Sorry, mommy. Lydia. <laughs> oh my God! This girl that I go to high school with, um, she's a teacher, and she, um, went on a field trip with her students to the Chiefs Stadium, and she posted on. Uh, well, I'm probably gonna have to cut this out but i don't think she's listening um she posted a picture of a chiefs player's locker on her snapchat story and wrote sorry daddy sorry on top of it she uses it like instagram stories and it's very strange to me because like snapchat stories are for like a picture of barney or like yeah. or like a really like like you saw a raccoon jump out of a tree like that's what snapchat stories are for if you're posting on your snapchat story you're at least 35 years old oh my god that's true (laughs) or or you're my roommate (laughs) and she always posts the good things that she's baking so that that's fine that's okay that passes the vibe check oh um okay lydia I bet. Here, I'm gonna. I'm gonna read your astrology chart for if the book was good or bad, or if it made you feel good or feel bad. Okay. I think you think this book was bad, and I think it made you feel bad. I. Oh, it's almost like did I, said I get that it at the beginning of the pod? Yes, you got it. You're so intuitive. It's your woman's intuition. Oh my god! You so, sensed it with your fallopian empaths. tubes. <laughs> 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 your fallopian tubes were like. Mm. I'm getting bad vibes from Lydia today. Oh, that must be why I'm cramping so badly. Is because I like am reaching out to your feelings in St. Louis about this book. Any man, if you're listening, I hope you know that women have the power to give each other period cramps psychologically. (laughs) Yeah, but we do try to keep that mostly a secret Mm -hmm. because I think sometimes men would try to use this for ill. Yeah, sorry, telling on the girlies. Um, uh, Tuck, did you like this book? No, I didn't really like it that much the first time, and I really didn't like it the second time. Um, (laughs) It did not make me feel feel good. It made me feel bad. Um, If you are a female author who thinks it's necessary for you to write rape and assault um, into your books for it to be realistic, I'm here to tell you you don't. It's okay. You don't have to, babe. Like, girl, 25% of women at least have been sexually assaulted in their lifetime. Like, you really don't need to tell us it's happening. We know. We know. We were there. I was there. We (laughs) know. Like, you don't have to graphically describe it at all.
1: You could, like,
0: vaguely allude to some past trauma if you'd like, and then we'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah. That That's that makes her a little more well-rounded. But like, if you say the word "penetration" to me, in terms of a father uh-huh. and his child, uh-huh. fuck off! You don't have seriously. To say that. It's unnecessary. You don't uh-huh. have to do it. You don't like, have to say all that, especially uh-huh. every single time that something like that happened in this book. It was unnecessary for the plot. Oh yeah, it did nothing. Just for, so, just to Naomi? Show. No. Me. No. Two it's almost down. like she was like, well, there's graphic sex in The Handmaid's Tale, so I, like, have to put graphic sex in my book. And, like, that's not true. It's not true. It's not true. Um, and of course, no, we would not buy it. Do not buy this book. Do not, Do not put it on your to-read pile. Don't even check it out from the library. Don't check it out from the library. I'm about to return it right now yeah this publisher is not getting any more any more money from this license from me Mm -mm. Mm -mm. well I wish I had something funnier to sign off with um Um, let's see oh I checked my grades while we were recording I did get 100% on my test that I spent over nine hours on thank you very much everyone very sexy for you Thank you. I hate my professor so much. Um, <laughs> it's very, very exhausting to have to work on her exams because it's just really mentally exhausting. Um, guys, it's about to be, um, our last week of female specific dystopia month, and I'm very excited to tell you we are reading a YA novel next. Mm-hmm. So if you are reading along, we are reading something called The Grace Year by Liggett. Um, it is interesting. I also have read this one before. Um, so I'm excited to talk about that next week. And then we'll do comparison and contrast. And what's good about this genre? It's all coming down the pipe, guys. It's also, we're, we're oh, happening. follow us on social media. Our Instagram is English Majors Pod. I'm going to stop plugging the Twitter because I'm not using it. Um. <laughs> also, please read and read... Nope. Please write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Please rate us five stars. Please keep listening. I am having if you're, a very good time doing this. I hope you're having a good time listening. If you're listening, write a review and say that I'm sexy. Yeah, Lydia wants you to have a crush on her. So yeah, please someone do has so to do immediately. it immediately. Please. Um, please, God. <laughs> okay, I think that's it. I think we've done our stuff. Alright, we're signing Goodbye, off. Goodbye, everybody. Love you Bye. guys. Don't read this book. Bye. Don't read this book. Bye!